Hey folks, I want to welcome you back to the podcast LifeAroundTheFire.com and I'm your host, David Hutari. We're staying with the topic of abuse and addictions. Once again, knowing that it's uh, considered to be kind of a, well, not even considered, it's, it's, it's a rather significant heavy topic, but the relevancy of it is obvious. In our culture, in the American culture, we are in a time where abuse and addiction, it's really getting some very front page news, but also the fact that during the pandemic, we've been kind of cloistered, tied up, holed up, so to speak. And as a result, uh, there are things that have kind of come to the forefront in these areas, abuse and addiction, you know, kind of behind the closed doors stuff has been going on, abuse Physical abuse and sexual abuse is crazy. The statistics are, they're gross, man. It's just, it's, it's hard to look at. And if you happen to be a person who is experiencing that or has experienced that, my heart goes out to you. It really does. And if you're a person who's really being the abuser, come on, man. Come on. I mean, really, at some point in time, not only do you got to stop, but you need some help. And for those who are experiencing abuse, man, there is help. And we want to be a place that you can turn to as one of the places. And an easy way to get there is to go to lifearoundthefire at gmail.com and just fire out an email to us and ask us for some help. We'll put some information in front of you. Or if you want to talk to us, we can get your telephone number, you know, just reach out. Again, that's lifearoundthefire at gmail.com, all lowercase, all one word. So we're here for you. And same goes with the area of addiction. Once again, during this pandemic, kind of like too much time on our hands, or we don't necessarily get to get out and see other people or whatever it might be, addiction, addiction to pornography, addiction to gambling, addiction to uh, drugs, Whatever it would be, just seems to once again find its excuse me finding its way to the forefront, and we're either experiencing it ourselves. And if you are, once again, my heart goes out to you, man, big time, big time, all the way. And there is help. You heard about the email. The email is liferonthefire@gmail.com. We can get some resources uh, in your hands. And also, man, if you're like a pusher. And, you know, there's a song by Steppenwolf that speaks pretty strong about the pusher. 
and I, I got some I got some real sentiments about that. But I mean, if you're if you're in that spot and you're a dealer and you want to stop and you want help, man, we're here for that as well. But regardless, you got to stop, man. This stuff is just people's lives are at stake, and if you're involved in it, your life is at stake. Or if you know someone, you know what I'm saying. So once again, we're going to stay with this topic and for the next still next couple of weeks but i want to thank you for tuning in today kind of the title if you will is are you kidding me did this really happen to me or is this really happening to me and where do i go from here kind of like how did i get here what no what i'm 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 involved in this thing right whether it's abuse addiction being the abuser being a pusher this whole area is kind of, in some ways, it's like, how, how in the world did I get here? And so I, as a person, I've asked these questions or something like it. I've used some pretty dicey and spicy language when it comes to addressing this thing, like how in the world did I get here? And so I'm going to be reading from some notes and taking some time from the notes and sharing some things. Gonna try to move at a pretty good clip. So if some of these things you're missing, good thing about a podcast is you can go back over and listen to it again at some point in time in the future when you got a little more time. But many of us, if not all of us, have been impacted by these two areas in one way or another. So I know, man. I I've looked at it and I've asked these questions. I never in the world imagined that I would be a person who was abused and who was an addict. <laughs> I mean, not even close. And both at the same time. Abused and an addict? Me? I mean, what? I, once upon a time, was a happy kid, man, playing and making tree forts in the woods. And then... I kind of become a person who was recognized and I was respected as a spiritual leader actually throughout the world and in my own backyard. I was a friend, pretty good father, thought I was a good husband and a good neighbor. What happened, man? You know, what? What happened? Too many things to really go into, right? And it would probably bore half you, and it's just not necessary, take up too much time. But I've noticed a few common denominators over the years, and I'm going to share a few of the spiritual ones. Again, there are so many different aspects to abuse and addiction. In this podcast, we're focusing in on the spiritual aspect of things, with the full realization that there is more to life than the spiritual aspect of things. Mental, physical, emotional, material. I get it. I get it. And I get it. But we're focusing in on the spiritual because not only is it important, but it at times has been a rather neglected area in our culture. So I'm going to share a few of the spiritual denominators, the common denominators, and ones that I... Uh, I believe that some of us can relate to and kind of look at it. You realize that you're either in one or you know someone who has experienced something like this. So kind of tune in. 
I'll try to make this as clear and as entertaining as possible, but again, <laughs> once again, kind of deep. So, oh man. This pertains to the spiritual common denominators, excuse me. The first one is taking my relationship with God for granted. Huh? Taking my relationship with God for granted. Now, this is for those who have a relationship with God. I mean, a real one, not just the man upstairs or the big guy, but a real relationship with God, something that you'd consider to be intimate, real, and I know for myself, as I've reviewed things that began, spiritual stuff that began to take place in my life, is I began to take the relationship that I had with God for granted. I consider myself to be fairly intelligent. In fact, to be frank with you, <laughs> I am intelligent. No, really, I, I, uh, I value keeping a sharp mind, keep my wits about me, and keeping abreast on things, and being able to both read and write prolifically. So, you know, I, I, I like intelligentsia, but at the same point in time, I like to keep things somewhat rather uh, common, you know, street level. So I began to take my relationship, though, with God for granted. I began allowing, literally, I began allowing the daily concerns, pressures, and successes of my life to occupy the time that I normally would spend in prayer and in the written word of God. You know, like any healthy, loving relationship, time was invested in being together, alone with each other, me and God, right? Time together, whether it was early in the morning or later in the evening or sometimes both, you know? I mean, it was typically a time I looked forward to. I looked forward to spending it alone with God. And I lived like that for years. Funny, as a result, things in my life began and continued to flourish, you know? I spent more time with God and things would flourish. They weren't always easy, but they would develop and prosper. Whether it was finances, plans to develop ideas, relationships, or other aspects of life, I would and could tangibly see and watch them grow. Now, ironically, I can see now that I gradually allowed those things, good things, man, good things, most of them, good things, to capture and occupy more and more of my attention and my time, right? Ultimately, my personal intimate relationship with God suffered. It got less and less. Pretty soon it became a bit more formal, and sometimes it would just catch a little bit of stuff here and there. And, I mean, you know, like any relationship, if you do that, it's kind of not going to, not only not flourish, it's perhaps going to wither, die, get cold, right? So I noticed as I looked back that that was something that I had allowed to take place spiritually, that I didn't really spend time alone with God before I loved to, I just I, I would love to spend time in the scriptures, spend time praying. It was just it wasn't like hard work. It was something I looked forward to, but things got in the way. Things, 
The second common denominator, excuse me, the second common denominator was I began to compromise my convictions and my commitments. Early on in my life and my relationship with Jesus, I saw that for me, drinking alcohol and using certain recreational drugs and kind of language stuff and where I would go, what I would do, they weren't healthy for me. They were unhealthy, in fact. And I effortlessly, it wasn't a big effort. I, it was like effortlessly. I gave them up and replaced them with other healthier things like fishing, man, sports, hiking, prayer, worship, and diving into the scriptures as much as I could, spending time with others, doing the same sort of thing. I truly felt like I was in love and knew love for the first time, that first love, that fresh thing, man. The love of God was ruling and consuming my life. I didn't need an outline of how to do it. My life, baby, my life was the outline. I now see I allowed busyness and then fatigue, some anger, frustration, to begin to occupy more and more of my life. You know that frustration thing and that anger thing and just fatigue, busyness? So I kind of felt like I needed a break from the pressure. So, huh, I, wink, wink, convinced myself. I convinced myself that it would be all right if I would just have a glass of wine or two here and there to help me relax. Right? I thought, you know what, folks, in all reality, yeah, it was me, but my thoughts were being motivated by a force behind them. There were some demonic elements going on in this whole thing. And even though we're not going to be really tackling that issue at this point in time, again, we've already done some of that and we're going to do it again just because it's important. But there was a driving force behind me just thinking casually that, ah, you know what, man, I'm, 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 it's no longer a problem for me. In fact, a glass of wine or two would kind of help me chill, kind of relax. So I did. But <laughs> over the course of the next 30 years, literally, over the course of the next 30 years, that glass of wine ultimately or eventually turned into, check this out, turned into a quart of vodka and a variety of other drugs per day. We're talking about a quart of vodka, cheap vodka, every day. And in between the vodka, there would be other drugs, uh, smoking some dope, taking some painkillers, a few mushrooms, this, that, and the other thing, per day. At least the alcohol per day, smoking cigarettes along with it, maybe a couple packs per day. Huh? For me. Now, is that going to be the case for everybody? Of course not. But I happened to be one of the ones. I knew better also, but I had compromised. See, there was a second point. I compromised conviction, my convictions and my commitments. There were other commitments that I began to compromise. Thus, right, spending time with the Lord that I love to do. Kind of like, I can't, 
my commitment to that was no longer a commitment. It was, I became casual, kind of took it for granted. So that little bit of wine turned into a lot of vodka. And some of you listening, you know what, man? I mean, really, some of you listening are relating to what I'm sharing right now because it's happening to you right now. You're sitting here and you're saying, is this guy for real? Uh, yep, I'm for real, and I'm talking to you. And for others, man, I'm sure you probably know somebody who's in a situation, if not this situation, something like this or headed in this direction, and you're hearing this because you know why? Well, you're hearing it, but also because more than likely, the reason, if there's a reason, is because you can be one who can help, at least be there for them, if not be an instrument of help. In fact, sometimes the greatest ability ah, is availability. And a cliche, right? Why is it a cliche? Because it's real. So being there for somebody, right? If you're here listening, you, because it's you, help. Help is available. Like in Mrs. Doubtfire, help is on the way, right? Now, there are many spiritual commonalities that I could share that factor into a spiraling downfall, but I'm just going to share one more. And that is, number three, I allowed anger at myself, God, and others to basically isolate myself. And I became more or less a one-man show. The proverbial sitting duck. I was full of hurt and resentment. I felt betrayed, misunderstood, angry, and stuck with a life consumed by pain. Right? I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I just want it all to be done with and over with right now. I was, I was, I was, there I was, man. I, I want, I was contemplating a variety of things. One of them was a painless way to check out. The other was just Maybe how can I get people to know that I'm so hurt? You know, maybe just by neglecting myself so much that finally it might get some just weird thoughts. You know, when you're in a desperate place, you think about desperate things. I was there. I was in that desperate spot. And ultimately, it's not good for us. It's not good for a person to be alone. You know, it's all right to be alone. It's all right to spend time and even to be kind of a, you know, a person who's not a big socialite. I, I get it. But to be alone, 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 it's not good. We're not meant to be that. We're meant to be connected with one another. So those three things, right? I had kind of mm, took my relationship with God for granted. I had been compromising my convictions and then Ultimately, I let anger and things like that consume me, get the best of me. And then I isolated myself, right? 
Now, there I was. This was about a year ago, right? There I was. Huh. Now, enter God. One day, when I was by myself, without anyone around me, without any bright lights, without any fanfare or the booming voice of God, God simply said to my heart, David, it's over and it's time to get off the shelf. At that point, every obsessive thought, craving, and fear of withdrawals lifted and sweetheart, I have been free since that moment, which is, once again, approximately one year ago. Now, just for the record, prior to that, I had been at one point in time clean and sober for 10 years. And I say that because I'm not unfamiliar with how things rise and fall, ebb and flow, come and go, happy, sad, etc., over the course of time. Example, the daily life. I know how daily life can be. It's not always a big high and a big spiritual lift. Sometimes it's just dull, dead, dry. This is no pink cloud deal going on here, all right? Now, in the past, did I reach out for help? A resounding big yes. I have been to various rehabs, in fact, over 12 of them over the course of the past 25 years. Did I, requ <laughs> did, did I request prayer? Oh, man. Countless times. Do I, do I recommend receiving help? Do I recommend that you receive help outside? Absolutely. Is one way to receive help better than the other way? No, man. Help is help. And I've described in previous podcasts some of the avenues of help that are available. I've given you the email address for this particular podcast, lifearoundthefire at gmail.com. Reach out to us to receive information about help. If you leave your phone number, I'll call you, man. I'll call you. We'll talk. I'll get you in touch with somebody. I know people who know people, <laughs> okay? Uh, and my advice, big time, my advice, hear me out. My advice is don't give up, and don't give up by taking your life. Don't give up by taking the life of somebody else. Don't do that, man. We are, <laughs> hey, we are all capable of thinking and doing some bizarre things. Now, let's once again thank God for at least being in a place of hearing this. I thank God for being in a place of being able to share this. We've covered, as I mentioned, a variety of ways to help and receive help in previous podcasts. I'm here for you. 
we're here for you. There are other people that are alive and wanting to help. You being a person who is in a place of helping, you are available. Your greatest ability, once again, man, is your availability. And if you are a professional, by all means, a professional meaning, you have professional training in this area. Man, you can help and you can help others help. We need help. Help is needed. <laughs> Love is necessary. Love conquers all. Now, in a minute, I want to pray with you and for you. But also, I want to make mention that in the next podcast, we will specifically be addressing some issues pertaining to the areas of physical and sexual abuse. So, if you or someone you know is dealing with one or both of these things, please tune in and pass this podcast along. I'm not kidding, man. It could help save someone's life. Now, I want to take a minute and pray. Father, God, thank you so much for your intimacy. Thank you. Thank you so much for your love, for your life, for your spirit and how you reach out to us and how you can receive from us our pain and replace it with your presence. Father, I receive your presence right now. I welcome, I need your presence right now. And I invite you to demonstrate that to each person that's listening. God, in fact, we're in a one-on-one -on -one deal right now to the person who's listening. That there would be faith that would unlock the door and open up a channel. That there would be a connection that would be divine, that would be supernatural, that would be real. That your presence wouldn't be just a thing, a word, a thought, but it would be real. It would be the essence of who you are coming. Holy Spirit, come. Kingdom of God, come. Love of God, be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, thank you. Thank you for freeing us, delivering us from evil. God, I pray, I ask, I look to you for the ability to be a person who can help, to receive help from you, to walk with you, talk with you, to know you, and in that regard, to live life like you, to be free from the domination of things that are wrong, that are harmful, that are destructive. Lord God, I love you. I care about the people that are listening. And I invite you once again to demonstrate your love, your redeeming power, your freeing power. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, folks. I care about you. I love you. That's the reason why we're doing this stuff, man, is because of that. And so thanks for tuning in. Please share this with a friend. And, man, I just, you know, I hope that your day goes well. Take care. Bye.